What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You hit me up with any of your questions about faith, morality, uh, even politics and relationships. I will sit with your questions, pray with them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint. Um, if you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.essentialpress.com slash Josh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. If this show has been a gift for you, it could potentially be a gift for your community as well. On uh, today's show, as I said before, I'm going to have one of my good friends with me. Uh, again, responding to one question, but from two different perspectives, right? Uh, so we're both Catholic, both disciples of Jesus Christ, but we have different opinions about things and we have different ways that we respond to them, pastorally, spiritually. Uh, and so my friend, Sister Josephine Garrett is with me uh, today. and She's with me again and again throughout the season. And so Sister Josephine, uh, or as I call you, Sister Josephine Garrett, welcome to the show. <laughs> she, she gave me a look like, what do you call it? I thought, what? He was, I thought you were about to put my government name on Front Street. I didn't know what was going to happen. No, I would never put your government name on Front Street, Latoni. Tony Legale. Welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so happy to be here with you. And I will accept that the name is still Ask Father Josh, not Ask Sister Josephine. Featuring... <laughs> Father Josh. With him, that other guy. With him, that yes, yes. Thank As Father you Josh for and me. companion. No, I'm <laughs> I'm happy you're here. I, I didn't realize you've never been on the show before. No, we talked a lot about it, but it just never happened. So I, you invited me multiple times, but we just never well, got to I wouldn't say multiple times. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. Maybe I invited you like one time. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you have that one. What are we talking about today? Today What's we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the talk. And now in, in, in different communities, the talk is known in, in different ways. We're talking about the talk that parents give today, they churn. Okay. The babies. And so even in like the way this question comes in, like how do we give our kids the talk? I mean, that's one of the main things. So I, I'm a counselor and I work in a grade school mm -hmm. and I love it. And, you know, I didn't anticipate ending up ministering with children and parents and families, but I love it. I didn't see it coming. It was a gift from God. And I'm so grateful that God called me that. But even in the question, the way the question is phrased lies one of the struggles. Like we can't even say. Whoa, 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 whoa! We're not gonna we're not gonna answer the question yet. We got really? to no. We do the glory story first. I'm low, Clearly, I'm so sorry. you haven't been listening to this podcast. I'm messing up his flow. Okay, no, let's yeah, back yeah. Up I'm, to the I'm, glory like, I'm like, I'm thinking. Are you leading let's up to back like? Up to the glory I'm thinking story. she's about to lead up to I'm like. Yeah. To go in. No, you can, like, see. That, <laughs> sometimes people go into. It's like some friends. Father, I've met. Glory story I've met friends. Hold on, wait. Let me get to it. I, I have friends in my life who sometimes they go deep too quick. Like they meet somebody. <laughs> And they don't I'm even like friend. get to, they're like, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets really quick. I'm like, whoa, can we, my first name, my last name? I'm that friend. Yeah, you are, but you're a counselor, you're a therapist. Terrible so at small talk. clearly, Sister Josephine story. wants to get, she wants to get to the, the question. So let's take a moment and do a glory story. music playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
she's looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, I'm letting the music play right now is what I'm doing. Oh. It's in my head. So my, my glory story this week is very simple. Sometimes it's the simple things in life that just get me, Sister Josephine. So um, here at Sacred Heart, we offer confession uh, before Mass. We have Mass at different times of the day. So we got on Tuesdays, the evening confessions, and Wednesdays and Thursdays uh, and Fridays, it's in the morning, and then Saturdays afternoon. So we offer different times of the day or whatever. And sometimes confessions, uh, there's a lot of confessions, and sometimes there's not a lot of confessions. And so I sit in my confession and I pray my bravery sometimes, <laughs> or my rosary, and uh, and then people come and it's awesome. But recently, I this and I've been here at Sick Heart for over a year now, and I have all my little penances that I like to get people on, on this 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 little um, this not a desk but a, a countertop. Like a shelf? Yeah, like a, not a shelf, but it's like a table, a little okay. table. But under the table, Father Miles Walsh, he was the priest who was here before me. He has all his books that I guess he was reading while he was here. Confessions here. And so for the first time in a year and three or four months, I decided to look and see what books he had down there. <laughs> and he had some Fulton Sheen books. And w- before or right after I had my reversion back to the church at Steubenville South. So I had my reversion uh, at the Steubenville South Conference. And after I had my initial encounter with Jesus Christ and the Blessed Sacrament, I began to watch uh, Catholic television. And on Catholic television, they had this old school TV show that was in black and white still with this, this bishop who would uh, mark up a chalkboard. It, it, was, it was Fulton Sheen. And so I started watching his show religiously. It, this is before YouTube. This is before computers. I mean, we had computers, but we had the dial-up computers, and we didn't have YouTube back then. Yeah. The dial-up. And so I would watch his show and then I began to go to Barnes and Nobles and I bought every single book I could find mm. on this bishop because I just, I devoured his words. His words were like butter to me. And so throughout my seminary formation, I entrusted my my formation to to his intercession because I believed he was a saint. He's still not canonized yet, uh, not even beatified. That That's hopefully going to happen soon. Uh, but he's my dude. And so I found one of his books. And so I've, I haven't read him in Honestly, I haven't read him in years. Uh, I, he's one of those people that I, I kind of just fell off of and fell out of a relationship with. And the, his book has been, it's just been so good. It feels like I've reconnected with a friend uh, mm. through reading his, his works. And so, yeah, so my glory story is I found this little nugget, this little gem, this little gift in my confession. Have you ever found a book like that you haven't read in a while and you read it and made you happy? Like Broken and Blessed or On Earth As It Is in Heaven. <laughs> or As It Is in Heaven. Maybe uh, Pocket Guide Adoration or Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. One of yeah, one of those was really good, huh? I would say the <laughs> book that I'm always happy to come across and pick up again is Read of God. Oh, it's come like on. my repeat read. That's a, a woman wrote that book. Mm-hmm. And, and then my favorite Fulton Sheen, I read him every Lent because he has this really nice collection. Someone put together a collection of essays that where he's reflecting on the last seven words of Christ, but oh, in like depth. You know what? I just lied to everybody on the podcast. There what? is a book I have been reading on Fulton Sheen. I just, I just forgot it was him, and I've been reading it like <laughs> I've been reading it for the past few months. It is a glory ish story. It is a glory ish story, but I forgot it. But, but it was more the book I've been reading for months now is, is more about vice and virtue, and, the, okay. and it's about the seven last words on the cross. And so I, I just forgot mm. that that's so I guess I haven't fallen out of a relationship with him, but, but in a new way, but in a new way because this was more personal. So that's probably why I feel more connected to him since. Uh, <laughs> 
Speaking of books, you have a new book coming out. I'm excited about that. And I think you brought me your copy, signed copy. I have it. I just have to write to you before I give it to you. I can't wait to read it. Okay, what's next in your podcast? Do we we answer the question? So so, so now what we're going to do is we're going to say that was the glory story. That was the glory story. And we're going to have music that's about to play. Okay. And everybody's going to start dancing in their cars. Okay. Or if they're walking, they're going. And they're going to sip their coffee. If they're in their house, they're going to sip coffee like you are right now. If they're walking or riding a bike, they're going to bounce their heads. And if they're in a car, they're going to turn up the music, the volume way loud so everybody can hear the beat. Okay. Which is about to drop everybody right Everybody bounce now. your heads in three, Eight, two, two, one. Now we're about to address the question. <laughs> it's so good having a friend. See, normally I talk to myself. I, it's just me talking. Uh, so here we are. How do you give the talk to your children? And so it's a question that I think a lot of people have. And so Sister Josephine and I are going to answer this from two different perspectives. I, I guess if I could just like jump off and then you could like go in deeper. Cause, sure. So yeah, as a pastor, I get this question often. And I even... I even gave the talk to my students about when I was at a different church a number of years ago uh, using Theology of the Body, and it was in middle school, and it was way, 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 way too late because some of okay. these kids knew a lot, some of these kids knew a little, and some of the kids who knew a lot were saying a lot to the kids who knew a little, and they were forming their classmates as opposed to the parents forming their classmates. Mm. And so it was not a good thing. In Familiar's Consortio, St. John Paul the Great, he says, education and love as self-giving is also the indispensable premise for parents called to give their children a clear and delicate sex education. Mm-hmm. So it's the parents' responsibility, and and it's not supposed to be a single talk that happens when the kids get to middle school. This is supposed to be a lifetime of formation that the parents um, offer their children, uh, both in word but also in in witness. Remember St. Pope Paul VI, he says that kids today don't listen to teachers they listen to witnesses. And if they listen to a teacher, it's because that teacher was first and foremost a witness. And so I think parents uh, are called to witness to their kids, both in the love that the kids see in mom and dad, the love that the kids see in their home and the way that the parents interact with each other, but also in the words that they share with their kids. And I think, Josephine, you can uh, give us insight on how uh, through your ministry, through your work as a counselor, as a therapist, as a teacher uh, in the classroom with families, with kids, how this can be done well. Yeah. Before that, there's something that you said that reminded me of something when you said, like, if the parents don't, like, tackle the topic, then their friends will. And it reminded me of something I often say to parents when they are seeking support um, for talking about the body and sexual relationships and sex itself with their kids, I'll let parents know it's not um, whether or not, it's not if your child is going to find out about these topics. The variable is not if. Your child will. The variable is if the parent will be the formator or not. Mm. And so no matter what, the world is going to inform our kids about matters of sexuality. And so for parents, it's a question of, 
folks as parents be able to step in and be the first formator or will the world be the first formator? And, and this really comes down to responsible parenting, right? Because it's about being intentional with being formed yourself so that you can be the formator of your children. I think sometimes, like, all right, for instance, one of my buddies recently told me that he doesn't prepare for homeless anymore at mass. And it, it, not like, uh, yeah, just, and I was like, whoa, you need to prepare for homeless at mass. So you need to pray, you need to study the word of God. I'm not saying you have to write it down, but you have to actually pray and study before you preach the word of God, because it's, it's a very serious thing that you're, you're being given your spiritual children this opportunity to form them. So we're supposed to be receiving information so that we can then learn how we can best communicate and filter the information through us to them, our, our, our children. And so I think parents need to take time as they're building their families to learn what the church teaches and to learn how to best communicate to their children so that it's not like this, this conversation that just happens every now and then randomly without them knowing what they're going to say uh, to their kids. Right. Let's be responsible. And we'll link. There's some great resources. There's a young lady uh, who has a ministry that's primarily around, like, body literacy and education for, for girls. We could probably link that in your show notes. Um, Do you have one for but boys? I, wanna, I have one too. Um, I have some books we can recommend for boys. And then there's that guide you and I looked at uh, that I typed up that we can link in the show notes too. But before anything else, I want to say to parents, if someone were to ask me like what group of people I've gotten to minister for and to, that's been most surprising and most rewarding, it's parents. And Come so on. after having you know served, I've been serving parents for five years now. And I have so much respect and admiration for folks called to parenting um, because it's incredibly difficult. Uh, nobody hands you a rule book and these kids are looking at you and they're growing and they're having life experiences. And there's not necessarily an exact guidebook on how to respond. And so I have a great deal of respect uh, for parents. And as Father Josh was saying, there is that responsibility. And the, the image I like to use for it is like God has placed you in a sense in this this place of authority that you cannot abdicate as parents. And so even when you feel unsure, uncertain, you know, be encouraged because if God puts you in that place, um, God is providing the graces, like even as you struggle. And so to answer your question, like how to give the talk, first of all, be able to say the words. So instead of how to give the talk, like be able to say like how to talk with my kids about their growing and developing body and the good and beauty of that. The body is good. The body is beautiful. And we and shouldn't it, have nicknames for body parts. And we should not. Because we don't have nicknames for eyelids. Yeah. So, so, use, so, so say, say penis. <laughs> it, that, that, that say is the word. <laughs> say vagina. Say breast. Uh, use anatomically appropriate words because when we start to shy away from those anatomically appropriate words, it actually can indicate, oh, is there something wrong with this part of the body that we can't even say the word? Is there something shameful? Like, is there something secretive? And so it's important to be able to just calmly say those words. Also, the notion of the talk is already going to be not the best approach as parents. So it's not one talk. It's like a lifelong talk. And we provide a resource for that in the show notes. So starting at like, as soon as they can speak, 
you're forming in sexuality, right? Even before they can speak. When you're teaching them to go to the bathroom, make sure you wipe your vagina, make sure you wipe your penis. Educating them about private parts, that on girls, what the bathing suit covers up is the private part. On boys, what their bathing suits cover up are private parts, and that includes the back. So like es- establishing boundaries establishing early on. Establishing boundaries early on is a part of what parents would call the talk. So those are things I would say is to make sure that Yeah, we're not using nicknames. It's a lifelong journey in growing an awareness of the good of their body and the good of sexual attraction. Um, Which is similar to like, as you say, lifelong. So in an early stage, we're just addressing like the body parts. We're addressing the goodness of the body parts. Privacy. And so what we're, it's kind of like theology. Whenever someone has like their initial encounter with the church, particularly like you were a Protestant before you became Catholic. Yeah. And so you weren't initially introduced probably to the Summa. Or the no. Summa. <laughs> no, like in, in the beginning stages, like you're introduced to basic books of theology by authors who are able to break down the faith in simple, attractive ways or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I can see Mary's the Ark of the Covenant. I understand infant baptism now. That makes sense. And then as you are, are growing in your faith and you're maturing, uh, Holy Mother Church offers us more more meat, right? And so, and, and more substance. And so, same thing with our kids. Like, you don't start off with a two-year-old and say, okay, this is how you have sex. <laughs> that talk doesn't happen to it's a toddler. Eight or, like, nine years old, you probably just want to be going ahead and making sure they understand what sex is because the average age of exposure to pornography is eight or nine. Eight or nine years old, correct. And so, yeah, again, it, it's just about being the first formator. Like, will the world form or will the family form? And so if we know the world is pursuing our children to form them in lies about the gift of the body and sexuality, then we need to step in front of the lie. Yep. Also, the way that we, I think, communicate this truth and goodness uh, to our kids about their bodies um, and and about sex, uh, I think it depends also, and you know this as well, sister, but like everybody's different. And so so we are the body of Christ, and it's the thing— a theme I'm probably going to go back to throughout the season that shows that we are Jesus' body. And if you look at Jesus in Scripture, he communicated to people differently uh, based on, because he knew them. He mm-hmm. knew, every, he's God, he knows everything, he's a divine person. Uh, and so he communicated to Peter a different way than he communicated to Mary, and he communicated to Mary a different way than he communicated to the woman at the well. Uh, and the Canaanite woman was communicated to differently than the woman at the well. So each person he knows the way that they could best receive communication. Uh, and so the same thing, I think, is a, is a general rule for our kids as well. As parents, no one knows your kids like you do. They have different personalities. They have different temperaments. Some might be phlegmatic. Some might be sanguine. A phlegmatic kid will receive formation in a different way than a sanguine kid will receive formation. And so as you learn your children's temperament, as you learn your your best way of communicating, that's going to all dictate how you share this ongoing f- formation of the body, uh, formation, I guess, of human love um, with your family. And to that point, what I have found working with parents is parents, y'all are natural accommodators of your children. And so I'll tell like the teachers when they're like, we don't know how to get them to learn or we don't know. I'm like, call their parents because (laughs) the parents have raised this child. And so almost subconsciously have adapted to as the child, like as your children have revealed to you as they grow, like even Jesus did this, like Jesus throughout his life was a revelation to Mary. Like as he grew in stature and wisdom, she learned how to parent him. 
you know, she learned what he needed and how it was best to communicate with him. Parents, y'all just naturally do that. And so you're going to naturally know what works for your kid and what's not. Because of some of the stigma and shame around the topic of the body and sex and sexuality, what will happen, parents, is sometimes you'll start to hesitate and self-doubt. But you know your kids and you know what they need. You are an expert in your child. And I'm going to say that again. Parents, you are an expert in your child. You have been raising them and watching them and observing them. So trust your instincts when it comes to what's going to work. And on that topic of shame and stigma, I want to encourage parents as you're forming your child, as Father said, in the truth of human love revealed in the body and sexuality, it's important for us as adults to be mindful of our own shame and stigma and be careful not to impose that on our child as we seek to form them. So an example is, it'll come up often in first grade, because in first grade, there are developmental changes with the penis. There's more nerve endings being developed on little boys' penises. And so that's why sometimes you'll see six, five, six, seven-year-old boys playing with their little penises, you know? And I'll have teachers come up to me and they'll be like, what do I do? Like they keep touching their penises. And I'm like, well... Like, don't apply, not just automatically apply a sexual understanding to that. There's like a scientific developmental reality going on. And we want to be careful when we instruct that child, like, hey, your penis is a private part. Uh, Please don't touch it while at school. It's just that simple of a conversation. We wouldn't want to impose Like it looks like a six or seven year old is seeking to masturbate. That's not what that is. Mm -hmm. But that would be me imposing my adult sense of sexuality onto a six or seven year old child. And so just be mindful, like, am I uncomfortable? Is my discomfort a necessary part of this formation or ought I seek to surrender it so I can be free to receive the graces to form my child in this really integral topic? Yeah, that's great. That's really great. What next, Father? What next? It's your show. It's my show. I mean, I think that was all good stuff. I think that that's a good starting point. You have, I think we're going to put in the show notes yeah, for our, our listeners to check out. And resources and there's the ministry. So yeah, we'll make a list. It's all good. It's all good. So we're going to go take a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our saint of the day. Hi there. I'm Mark Hart. And I want to share with you an exciting new series called Venture, the Bible timeline for high school. Now, let's be honest. The Bible is easily the most confusing, most misunderstood book of all time. How do these random time periods, these random people, these random stories all fit together? And what do they mean for me and for my life? In this study, we're going to take a journey through the basic story of Scripture from Genesis through Revelation, so that by the end of it, teenagers will understand the big picture of salvation history. Because when we come to know the story, we come to know our place in the story. To find out more and get a free preview of this engaging new study, visit ascensionpress.com backslash venture. And we are back again. You can uh, rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. You can share us on your social media pages if the show has been a gift for you. It could be a gift for other people as well. And if you have your own questions, comments, and critiques, uh, then you can uh, hit us up with those at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. And so today uh, we are going to talk about our saint for the for the day. And so who, who's the saint we want to talk about? First of all, I just feel so impressed that you could say all that. Like 
www Spotify podcast, I would be like, wah, 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 wah. like it would all get lost in my mouth. Mm, <laughs> it's mm. Very impressive. Thank you so much. I have five years of practice. The show's been on for five years now, so we've been doing this for quite a while. Okay, I get to do the saint, right? You get to do the saint for the day. Okay, so we are doing for this is like a well-known saint, but we are doing. Oh, how about how about you? How about this? How about you say things about the saint before you say who the saint is? That oh, way the listener, trivia. yeah, so the, li- the listener can. Uh, he liked to kayak. So it's a guy. Yes, he. He is a guy. <laughs> he enjoyed kayaking. Okay, and all right. he enjoyed hiking. Hiking, all right. Um, like, but is it like like Pierre George Versace? Is that who the saint is? No. Okay, because I think he because he did that too. How many guesses do you get? I get three guesses. All okay. right. Okay, and so he had to do a good portion of his seminary formation in secret. Ooh, so the underground church. So we're talking about somebody who experienced Perhaps a lot of communism. person. Communism. That's the big C word that everybody uses these days. Okay, no, all right. Like the for real, for real. <laughs> the, the, the real communism. It was like the for real, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like <laughs> we they, throw that word around pretty loose these days. Uh, if we don't like somebody, he's a communist. communist. She's a communist. No, like, do you like even real, know real, what that communism. means? Um, I, okay, so this person experienced communism. So, uh, so Jer- seminary formation was in secret. Okay, Jersey Popowski, the martyr. No. Okay. And then. This person was a huge contributor to Humanae Vitae. Most people don't know that. Pope Paul VI? This person was a huge contributor to what Pope Paul VI Are you talking about St. John Paul II? I'm talking about Pope St. John Paul II. Come on. Why don't we do it? So uh, the reason that we thought to share him as the saint for this episode is because he— it wasn't that he wrote it. The work theology of the body is a collection of Wednesday audiences that he did over the course of five years. And it's a great story because he had to break it up. He had been writing it all along and he was writing it for the people of Poland. Like he didn't know he was going to become Pope. So he was working on this, what he called an appropriate Christian anthropology. So like an understanding of who the human person is through the lens of God and through the eyes of God. And so he was working on this because he wanted to be obedient to Humanae Vitae, which ends with saying like people will better understand this if we have a proper Christian anthropology. And so Pope John Paul II wanted to be obedient to that challenge at the end of Humanae Vitae. So he wrote this work that would later be called The Elegy of the Body. When he became Pope, he was told, Popes don't publish books. And so he took Tell, Theology tell that to the Pope Benedict XVI. <laughs> Carnarassing a Pope. But the saying it started with John Paul yeah. II. And so what he did was took this book. How are you going to tell that man you can't publish a book? Okay. Come He's on like, now. I, I run I'm this. I'm the Pope. I'm the Pope. All I'm this. the rock. I'm a whole Pope. I'm, I'm a whole Pope. <laughs> <laughs> but they went ahead and told him, you don't, publish, like, you don't publish books. So he broke Theology of the Body up into Wednesday audiences and with great discipline, faithfully gave them over five years and that would become theology of the body the reason we wanted to share that saint for this episode is because at the foundation at the bedrock of educating our kids about the gift of their body sexuality the gift of attraction attraction is always a gift there's no such thing as bad attraction what's either bad or good is what we do with it like, do we handle it responsibly? So at the the bedrock of all of that, their bodies, sexuality, attraction, at the bedrock of that should be the truth that the human person is always a gift. Um, and we hear that throughout Theology of the Body, the dimension of gift of the human person. And so parents, as you begin to form kids in understanding their bodies, I would love it if two-year-olds knew 
that they are a gift, that they cannot cease to yeah. be a gift, uh, that four-year-olds know that, that 10-year-olds know that, that 18-year-olds know that. Yeah, you are a gift. You are a gift father. Well, that's also mean, and that's just biblically, that's the word that Jesus Christ used to describe us in John 17. Mm. He says in John 17, Father, they are, are your, your gift, gift to, me. to me. Amen. And so it's also in accordance with the word of God. So uh, you are a gift. We are a gift. It's been a gift to have you on the show. I look forward to having you on many more episodes this <laughs> season. Uh, with that being said, we want to invite St. John Paul the Great. Please pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until we see y'all next time, we will see y'all in the Eucharist. Deuces. Deuces.